Terry Foster here, and welcome to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I am the creator of the Big Brand Formula and president of Jerry Foster Branding, where we specialize in working with service-based entrepreneurs who want to create a big brand and a strong message that sells so you can excite, delight, and ignite your market and make it easier to get clients. So, Please stick around to the end of the show, and we will share how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes or so. In the meantime, let's go. Okay, welcome everybody to the Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. I'm Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as the branding evangelist. Oh, I've got one of those special guests again today because I always love to have a quick chit chat before I dig into an interview with someone to make sure that we've got the spark and the connection and the magic and all of that. And I can honestly say that with my guests. I learned she's down in San Diego, down in Coronado, one of the greatest places on earth, right? Because we're all jealous of San Diego because they have the greatest weather anywhere. (laughs) Anyway, welcome to the show, Linda Lattimore. How you doing, Linda? I am fabulous. I'm in San Diego in fabulous weather, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, and I'm, I'm in Los Angeles where we wish our, our weather could be as fabulous as yours all the time. Yeah, you're not very far away from me. I'm not sure what the problem is. I a little know, smoke up there. You also I, have a lot of floods up there and you're only, what, a couple hours fires. away? Oh, my God. I Pestilence mean, and crickets. You know? I, oh, my goodness. And you can't, you can't beat the climate in San Diego. It's just so wonderful. I know. I'm blessed. I just moved back two years ago. I was here for a lot of years and moved away for, you know, for work and then came back. So during the pandemic, like when everyone was moving to be closer to family, I decided to do the same. So, Linda, if you don't mind, please tell everyone about you and the work that you do through your company. All right. So, uh I'm a lawyer by trade. I've done that for 45 years, but I also have a nonprofit that does microfinance projects for uh, poor women around the world and um, educates teens, teen girls, primarily about social enterprise as a vehicle for change is sort of the new, the new business entity these days is going to end up being things like social enterprises or companies that have strong impact programs. And so I do a lot of work in that space. So what exactly do you do in terms of that work? What's, what does that mean, social impact? How do you mean it? Yeah, that's, you know, that is such a great question because it's a really confusing one. It's kind of like when we were talking about branding being exactly. confusing, right? <laughs> you know, so, so what are you impacting exactly? And I think that I have to break it down. You, people used to use the word CSR, corporate social responsibility, a lot. That word is no longer really used. It's come and gone. And now you're hearing things like ESG and what is that? And <laughs> and at the end of the day, the only the only letter in any of it that makes a difference is the S, which stands for social, which stands for people, mm. right? So it could be the people that work at your company. It could be your customers. It could be your investors. How are you as a company or as an individual, if you're interested in this space, what is your impact to those groups of people? Is it positive? Is it negative? What are you doing? What kind of programs do you have? So I I consider that S, whether it's C-S-R-E-S-G, to be the most important, right? Um, The other ones are around compliance and green initiatives and things like that. But we're all really these days focused on the S, the social piece. 
Wow, wow, wow. So your target audience are corporations, big companies that are socially conscious. Is that a fair way to put it? I would say that my target audience has become any business, oh. any business, whether it's an entrepreneur, whether it's someone in a product business or in a service business or corporations that have a lot of employees. And, and the real reason for that is, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're just one or two of you, you still need to show up in the world as a caring individual who actually is worried about the things that are going on, on out here in the planet and not just about your product. And if you're a larger company, you definitely need it for recruiting and retention. You need to show up well and for investor dollars. So honestly, it's it's kind of, if you're not on board with this trend right now, I'm gonna call it a trend. I don't think it's gonna change. You've been left in the dust at the dock. You're, you're just not going to get the business. So how would you define that trend? Because this is fascinating. And I totally agree. I think more and more companies need to become, uh, let's say, socially conscious. However, not only to me is the operative word uh, social, but conscious. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of what actions are you going to take? So what's trending now? What's hot? What's, what's the wave? so to speak, when it comes to this whole thing about, quote unquote, being socially conscious, if I can put it that way. Yeah, no, I think it's great. You know, I mean, <laughs> everyone's afraid to use the word woke. So let's stick with that. <laughs> right now. Every morning when you awaken, be glad for that, but don't use that word. You know, oh, so, um, I would say, well, here, here's the issue for me. And I've just been watching a lot. So I've been pushing this penny up the hill long before it was a thing okay i you know i grew up in peru mexico i didn't grow up in the united states i was you know saw a tremendous amount of stuff in terms of global poverty with kids and, and families in, in lima peru back years ago and so i was already looking at what are issues out there from a small child i was seeing things that maybe other people didn't see and then my work as an international corporate lawyer traveling around the world i was constantly watching right um, so for a while, I just kept trying to say, we need to be awakened to the fact that we as a company need to do more than just sell our product or our service. We have a responsibility as a corporate citizen to jump in and help fix some of these issues out there, right? Which now everyone's on board, but at the time it's kind of like, there was a lot of arguments about, we're only about profit. We're a corporation. We can't look at giving back in the world. Nonprofits do that. We're only corporations. Well, that has shifted. That trend, we all know, has shifted now. And we're seeing CEOs step in and advocate for social issues out there. There's corporate activism now that there didn't used to be, realizing that our nonprofits probably don't have the funds and in many cases the expertise to solve all these major issues. Mm -hmm. It's going to take the private sector. So... Since the pandemic, there's been a huge amount of chatter. Mm. Whereas before people were talking about, let's line up with a nonprofit and a CSR initiative and show that we're the good guys at company. Now everyone's realizing that these companies and individuals have to actually step in and fix the stuff. The government just is not gonna do it. They just don't, it, it's just not happening. So if you had to break it down into categories in terms of what's trending now, let's put aside the weight, the yeah. whole, whole thing. What would those categories be? Could you, you got the environment and you've got, you've got education. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think right now, 
and it will continue to be so compliance is huge for these companies. Why? Because we're seeing things like NASDAQ and other things actually put in SEC regulations if they are publicly traded, for sure they've got all these reports they have to file. And what's happening is they're requesting that all of their vendors down the line, all the way down to the little, to the little guy, you know, have these same programs through the supply chain, right? They're, they want to make sure from a risk perspective that they're covered. So you may think you have a small little company and you're just selling, I don't know, you're selling paper. Although I guess those are big companies, but you're selling a pen yeah. or paper. You're selling a widget. You don't even think of it as some big, big product, right? You're still going to be faced with, with complying on all these things you didn't have to think about before. So um, I, I think compliance is huge. And I think it's, you know, the green piece of that mm. falls under the compliance piece because they're making sure that manufacturing companies, if they're manufacturing widgets or products, are also falling in. But I'm even seeing it in law firms and service providers. These, they're asking if they're hiring a law firm or a marketing firm or any kind of serv- accounting firm, what any kind of service provider, they're having to use those same supply chain agreements that are demanding that they have all these initiatives in place in their companies, which is really interesting because you can't, you, you can't get the work unless you have some kind of programs in place. So that is primarily some of the work that I've been doing is working with the smaller ones going, you don't have to have a program the size of Dell or Exxon. You just need to have something. Yes. And I, and I like that because that gets into the whole thing, which is regardless of the size of your company or regardless of whether or not you are a solopreneur or have employees, you can make a difference. You can use some of your profits to support a good cause, right? I mean, yeah, well, DEI, right? That's all we hear right now. Every time you open up anything, it's diversity, equity, inclusion. That's that is on every job posting. It's everywhere, right? So, you know, can you even if you only have six employees, you may want to make sure they're not all white male. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Because that brand. We're going to call out that from even a branding perspective. If you want to start, if you want to continue to grow and scale and hire, or even go get investor money, these next gens particularly are going. That's not working for us. Yes. Mm. Right. And there's also a lot of you know laws and other things that are coming down with with diversity, equity, inclusion as well. So you know, from the very beginning, you're you're having to to wake up to the fact that. Before you could just go hire on credentials. Now you've got this whole thing where you're having to be inclusive. And what does inclusive mean? Because it doesn't just mean let's go hire a black guy, a Latina, whatever else. Yeah. It means do they have diverse opinions? Did right. they grow up differently? Yeah. You know, it's not just the color of their skin or their gender. What yeah. makes them diverse? Exactly. Yeah. And as a black guy myself, <laughs> I can relate to what you're saying in terms of inclusion and wanting to be recognized and looked upon as being equal and not inferior and all of that. And I often think though, that when it comes to entrepreneurs, that they should get around whatever matters to them because they have to be passionate, right? I mean, they have to, it has to be a cause. It has to be a social, a social issue that is important to them because if not, they're not going to get behind it. I, I often think of Tom's shoes. Remember back in the day? Oh yeah. W- where he would donate 
a, a certain amount of money and not money. He would give away a pair of shoes to starving kids in Africa or something, right? I mean, right. and the whole thing kind of unraveled. I'm not quite sure what the story was. But it, well, he was buy a pair of shoes and he would donate a pair. And there's actually a tremendous amount of what I still am calling the old CSR model because it's about charity. Yes. Right. There's still a lot of people that do that. I'll plant a tree. If you right. put a phone in, I'll do this. If you do that. And yeah. Although, how do you track how many trees they planted? I don't know. I don't know either. And, and what I was getting to was the whole thing, at least as an entrepreneur, he did something that he felt could make a difference. Uh, it's it, it, absolutely it, he was one of the first I would one say. of the first exactly so all of us just to kind of make this conversation that we're having which is awesome by the way to people out there who are tuning in to 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 not think oh this is only something for fortune 1000 companies or this is something that only the, the nonprofits should get behind no small businesses can be socially conscious so do you have any examples out there for our listeners? Do you, do you primarily work with the big boys or do you work with the No, small? I work with, I run masterminds for entrepreneurs, helping them put this together. Oh, so, awesome. Okay. So actually last year I, I was asked to come in with the Texas Women's Veterans Commission and I created a program for them called Ready to Launch for 10 Women Vets. Oh. And a lot of it was creating this social impact piece inside the, the new startup that they wanted to create. So it wasn't just your your standard, let's find a business plan that has your marketing and your business and your financials, but also what piece in there can set you apart because you are trying to make a difference in the world. Right. And I remember there was one woman that had a notarial firm. Huh. That's what she did. And, and, you know, that was tough. People weren't coming into the office during COVID and stuff. So she was trying to find ways to, you know, sort of telecommute and, and get things signed. And anyway, we were talking about social impact and, and she, she said, you know, I don't really do anything. She goes, but I go over to the hospitals on the weekends and I volunteer my services for people that don't have money to get documents signed so they can get procedures. And I went, that is your social impact program, Patricia, mm -hmm. because that program was in line with her business because you always want some kind of impact program that is that she was socially and consciously helping this group of people. She wasn't charging them. That was her give back. But she'd never stopped to think that I probably want to go hire that notarial firm because she does something more than the one over here that I'm just paying my five bucks a signature to. This woman is actually going and, and trying to help her community and people who are stuck at a hospital. And yeah. if she promotes that, not in an icky way, but promotes on her website to show these are the things I do. You now have an impact program that supports your business goals and measures that will help you grow your business. Very nice. So what's the typical size of your client base? The ones that go through your mastermind or those who work with you privately? Uh, well, the ones that go through the mastermind are, are, are startups. I mean, a lot of them are just putting their business plan together. They're just wow. trying to figure. Yeah. I mean, so we're really, truly looking at, I think it's, it's really critical to I'm a big believer in business plans anyway, because I mean, you, before you go spend tons and tons and tons of money on creating a business, is it, is it feasible and how are you going to market? And let's, let's think of all these things. What do you want to look like? What is, like you say, what is your brand? What, how do you want to show up in the world and who's your, you know, who's your client base and stuff. So I work with that group, but I find myself also going into larger companies uh, I'm talking to one the size of your old company right now, big companies trying to help on certain projects, you know, because they have big teams, right? Obviously big branding teams, but still coming in. And I, I had one group call me, a large group that said, we're getting hit. 
were getting hit. They were a B to they were a B to C company, right? So, and they were working in sort of the makeup product business kind of stuff, but large, large company. And they're getting hit from both ends from exactly what I spoke about before. They're having all of the customers that are now demanding to know what's inside the products, the social piece, they're, you know, you're not um, killing animals and testing. I'm just trying to think of things. You're, but the, that equivalent that people are worried about right now right from an ethics point of view which is huge so they were trying to field all these questions but that meant that they had to go all the way back down to their suppliers from the b2b aspect Mm -hmm. back down the supply chain and make sure Mm -hmm. that all those people all the way down were doing this stuff so they as he put it we're getting double barrel shotgun from both ways right now oh my goodness and this is very 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 standard what's going on right now man you I just thought about product ingredients, food food products, and furniture. And so that was like a huge product that they were suddenly faced with. Oh. And it wasn't just from a regulatory, but was from customer satisfaction. Yeah. And then they, they want to show up well because we get back to that recruiting and retention thing for hiring employees. Yeah. Especially yeah. these new generations. Mm. They don't want to work for companies that can't show up well. Now, as you know, this is a brand forward leadership podcast, all about differentiation, all about making sure you set yourself apart and so on and so forth. How do you brand yourself? Do, are you a business coach or what, what do you call yourself? I'm going to confess, I have struggled with that <laughs> myself. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel like uh, I'm like so many of us, the, you know, I, the, the cook that has all these different caps, yeah. you know, right? Uh, actually, I, I show up as a lawyer with, with legal clients when they need legal advice. Mm. Um, I'm the founder of this nonprofit, and so I, I find myself in that space. I have the, you know, the coaching. I, coaching, I really want to be careful with, though, because I'm really more of a business and strategic advisor for companies. And there's so many coaches out there that are, I'm going to call life coaches, which I don't care and, what you do if you're if you're if and you, business coaches and, and business, business coaches, consultants. right? Yeah. It's I think it's that's a really tough market to set yourself apart mm. in. Um, so I really strategy is really my thing. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'm obviously an implementer. I've been general counsel of three multinationals and a past federal prosecutor. So that's why the compliance is is in my head as well, um, and. And now, as of the last few years, I wrote a book a couple of years ago that ended up number one on Amazon the first day out. And so that Ooh. book, I know. So and that was all about helping people find purpose driven work because there was a tremendous amount of people who just weren't um, the emotional quotient just wasn't there for their work. And and now post pandemic, the whole world's quit their jobs. <laughs> so apparently no one's <laughs> happy, you know. <laughs> so um I, you know, so yes, I'm toggling between my 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 hats, right? But for me, it all comes back to one theme, um, and that's what I find. I've, I was I thought a lot about it. My theme runs through all of them, and that is, uh, I want to help businesses um, and people in a place where the the playing field has been equalized. So whether it's an individual, whether it's a, a woman, I do work mentoring with a lot of young women. Ha- at this juncture of my life, um, whether it's helping them navigate the corporate world or whether it's helping an entrepreneur find their way so they can be equal on the playing field or these small vendors who couldn't get the business 
I realize now that for me, that value component to really understand what your value proposition is and how you can play women on boards, everything else, how you can play is for me, the thing that I relish the most. So you're, you're a serial entrepreneur. You're all I am. (laughs) (laughs) I never meant to be working for all these corporations, but I guess I am. I was an entrepreneur. I was inside the corporation creating all these little businesses, you know? Well, I can only imagine you must have a ton of success stories. Is there one particular client success story that you're most proud of that you can share with us? Oh, my gosh. Hmm. Well, like I say, um, I'm trying to think of clients because I've I mean, when I'm on a business thing, I'm working for a big client. So it's not so much as an individual. And with the smaller companies or smaller individuals, I'm. I'm really happy when they get their business up, their business plan done, their websites done, and a full idea of where they're going. I was very, very happy to see the 10 women vets last year within two weeks present their business plans to me. Yeah. Because they're not easy to write, you know. So, um, yeah, having been, you know, I was the general counsel of Telefonos de Mexico, Telmex's U.S. operation for 15 years. That's the phone company, the largest largest phone company in the world, sung by Carlos Slim, who was number one on Forbes for quite a while. Um, and so, you know, I'm in-house doing these things, right? Yeah. It's a little bit different or, or going in. So. Well, I tell you this, I love the fact that you're helping companies with becoming more, quote unquote, socially conscious. I mean, especially in today's time. Especially well, it's really time. about being competitive at the end of the day. It's oh. not even about being conscious it was for me for the longest time but now it's about being competitive well see that's the branding connection yeah you we should chat offline okay to yeah. connect the socially conscious with being more competitive which then leads to whatever okay i, I got it yeah yeah but i just yeah. want to acknowledge you for that because i think a lot of companies don't make that connection like you just said because they think that oh you know i don't want to be forced to do something i'm not looking for some kind of affirmative action, diversity and inclusion. I don't want to be forced to hire people that I want to hire. You know, all this crazy madness. And really what it comes down to, to your point, is no. It's about you being able to serve as many people as you can, helping people achieve what they want to achieve and become who they want to become through the power of your company and your brand, right? Yeah, and I honestly, I have one program that I run in these companies because sometimes they'll like the. C- I remember there was this one company, and the CEO decided that he wanted junior achievement to be sort of an alignment partner, and that was, and all the employees were going to go spend their time when they did something that felt social to him at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and no one wanted to go. The employees didn't give a hoot yeah. about junior achievement, and so he was. I'm very puzzled by this. So I started a program called the trickle up program because no longer, I mean, it's an inverted pyramid, right? Like this, Mm. because it used to be that the senior management would come in and say, this is what's going to happen in terms of how we're giving back. If they were even going to do one, even do something extra right now, I'm what I'm suggesting to them at any rate is that instead we bring the employees in and we look at them and we say, what is important to you in terms of what you'd like to see changed in the world? Yeah. You know, yeah. 
and let them come up with a handful. And then we go in and we look at the company's core values up here that yep. they someone wrote 50 years ago when the founder started that company. Then they've changed over time, but they're still sitting next to the coffee pot in the, you know, the pillars of the company. And they've never <laughs> been rethought again. Right. And so yeah. now we go, OK, if the pillars are, I don't know, integrity, blah, blah, whatever they are. Right. How do we, where's the bridge between what the employees are interested in and what the company wants to push down as their yeah. values? Because if we don't have that bridge, no one cares. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. But if you can actually say, oh, you're really interested in that. How does that fit any of those four up there? Well, yeah, I think there could be a program here where it fits it. Great. Set it over here. Now you can create some programs that you have buy-in from the employees. They're going to go and tell all their friends, this is a great company to work for. Man, look, they're interested in things I'm interested in. It equals the corporate values. And now we have a trickle up mm. from the base of the company, not a push down from the top. And that's when those programs actually begin to work. See, I like that because that opens up a whole branding opportunity, which is to a company to say, listen, it should all be about fulfilling your purpose, your vision, your mission, the impact you want to have out in the world through your company. And I think a lot of companies lose sight of that. I remember years ago with, uh, with Walmart, where their, uh, what's their tagline? Save, spend less, save more, something like that. But they had lost sight of what Sam Walton, the original founder of Walmart had said, which was the reason why he wanted to uh, charge, charge less money for his merchandise was so that families could save that money and have a birthday party for their children or take a vacation or buy some of the things that they wanna buy that they, that they feel, felt that they couldn't afford it, you know, whatever. Right. And, and, the, and, and so, he had to, it's like the, the, the CEO years ago had to get everyone back in touch with that. So I think you're on to something here because this whole thing around competitive edge and advantage and making more impact and having a difference, it always starts with, hey, what, why did we exist? Why are we, why are we doing what we do? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would agree. And what's interesting also that's happened in the last 15 months to two uh -huh. years. Uh -huh. It used to be that all companies had mission, vision, and values statements, yeah. right? Now they're all being asked to have a purpose statement. And that is really interesting because, you know, first they were glumming all those things up into one rather than having three separate statements. And now they're like, well, what's our purpose? And our purpose can no longer be to yeah. just sell the product or sell the surface. We're talking about a higher purpose. So... If you are in a company, let's say um, you're a builder of homes, mm -hmm. and I'm just making this up as I go along, but you're like a builder of homes. Uh -huh. Maybe before it was to build quality homes. Maybe uh -huh. that was your vision. No more. Now the higher purpose is probably to make sure that X amount of people have safe shelters over their head. It, it's moving into a higher purpose. Yes. So companies are, are, are very much, in, that's a social thing. We care about whether this human being, it's not just the house anymore, yeah. whether it's quality, but do the people that inhabit it, are they safe? Are they in a, uh, you know, yeah. are they going to be protected? I don't know what words, like I say, I'm making this up as I go along, but it's, it's companies are now having to come up with a higher purpose. And that is part of this social component mm -hmm. of giving back to the world yeah 
And see, that's precisely the work that I do. I call it a brand purpose statement that I create for my clients and students. Right. Speaks to the greater good. That it's all about the people you're serving, the impact you want to have, the impact you, yes. the, the contribution you want to make, not your own personal selfish ambitions in terms of revenues and profits and cash flow. And I want to be a best-selling author or something. I mean, it's not right. about that. So that's good to hear. You know, you and I could keep keep talking, David. <laughs> But I want to I want to find out from you, because I know there are people out there who are tuning in going, oh, my God, I love I love Linda. I love Linda. I love she's speaking my language. How can people get in touch with you? What where are you on your socials and your URL and all that? Yeah. So I'm I pretty easy to find because my website is lindalottimore.com. Okay. so that's pretty. And it's got my training programs and coaching and it's got the book. And I mean, the book, I mean. This is the book. This is the first book. I have another one coming out, hopefully this year. Uh, Solutionaries, you're the answer, because I believe we're all responsible for solutions out there, uh, is, a, is a workbook helping people really understand who their tribe is, who they can, um, the kind of companies or individuals they want to work with that bring them joy and that are making a difference in the world. So this is on Amazon. Um, and, you know, I'm always happy. I have no problem with anyone emailing me. I'm, I don't have some hidden email. It's Linda at lindalattimore.com. <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly, when I'm on these podcasts, I have had people just go sign up for coaching. And I, had, I it's it was, I have to tell a funny story. There was a woman who signed up for one of the coaching programs and she was like up in Connecticut and, and I was here in San Diego. Right. And so she said, I've just so I didn't tell her where I was, but she, I was in Austin at the time. She was up in Connecticut. Well, I ended up moving out here during the pandemic and now she had signed up as she could finally have time to do some coaching and figure out what she wanted to do. She said, I've sold my house in Connecticut. I'm all settled now. I'm ready to go. I said, well, where did you end up? She goes, well, I'm in San Diego. And by then I had moved to San Diego and it turned out she was a block away from me. And we became good friends and I worked as her business coach for quite a while. And so the point is, <laughs> I'm also a great friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you are. And I know she is blessed to have you as a great friend. So before we sign off, is there one last message or one last thing you'd like to leave with our audience? You know, I would just like to say that there's a lot of people out here right now. They're not feeling particularly valued. Um, I, I mean, the world is crazy right now. Right. It's, and it's been crazy for a couple of years on so many levels. Uh, and it's hard sometimes to find your place when the issues are so large. You don't know what you can do in your own small way. Yeah. But believe me, there are so many things you can do. Right. Um, there's information on how to do it in Solutionaries. This next book I'm, I'm putting out, I'm going to be working with 52 women artists. And there's content on this book. It's called Gratitude. Feeling great about yourself by what you put back out to the world. And so, you know, uh, anyone who's interested in that or participating in that Gratitude project, they can reach out to me as well. So we're looking for other artists who want to do the illustrations. All right. Outstanding. Well, listen, you are you are a treasure. You have been just a joy to speak with. Oh, you're so great. Oh, thank you. And I love I love meeting people who are up to great things. And you certainly are. So thank you again. You are too. You are too. All right. Well, I guess we'll all have a fabulous weekend, at least here in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, wherever I am, I'm a pretty happy person. So wherever we're, I am, I'm California. Good. We're done with the rain. No more rain. <laughs> 
<laughs> onto the fires. <laughs> onto the fires. No more. The drought is gone. <laughs> All right, well, listen, uh, thank you again for being here. And to our audience, oh, wow. thank you for being here as well. And so until next time, this is Jerry Foster, the big branding guy, also known as the Brandon Evangelist, signing off. Take care. Jerry Foster here. Thank you so much for listening to my Brand Forward Leadership Podcast. Now, if you, if you, are a successful service-based entrepreneur yourself and you've got amazing expertise. I mean services, skills, talents, and abilities that you offer through your company or yourself and you've been in business for five, ten years or more and you would like to be a guest on this program. I would love to have you. Simply visit jerryfosterbranding.com forward slash brandforwardleadership forward slash apply and I will certainly check you out and get to know you and so on and so forth. Now, let me just add a couple of other things. Number one, if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media for me? And if so, just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials, okay? And number two, if you know someone that you feel would be a great guest, someone that I should meet and connect with and so on and so forth, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag brand for leadership because I love seeing your posts. I love guest suggestions. That's how we all grow. That's how we all connect and make it through this world, which are through our relationships and our connections. And lastly, let me throw this in. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. I'm always on the lookout for not only great guests, but great content. And so therefore, because we're always putting great new stuff out, juicy stuff, make sure you don't miss any episodes in the future. So please go ahead and subscribe. And I also love what? I love support. I love love. (laughs) So your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. So if you can find it in your heart, to go ahead and show me that kind of support and love, I would really appreciate it. And on a second note, if you would like to know more about me, the work that I do, simply go to my website at jerryfosterbranding.com or follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook at Jerry Foster Branding or Instagram at Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Okay? Jerry Foster Big Brand Man. Again, thanks for listening. Until we see you the next time, take care.